That's right. This is the Shades of Blue soccer podcast, and our football team has us drinking very hard this week. I'm Cody Bradley, alongside Thad Bell. What's going on, Thad? Uh, just excited to be here and back to podcasting, Cody. Uh, it's been a while. Podcasting once again, uh, and we have a lot to talk about. Is why we're doing this. We got we're gonna cover Gold Cup win. We've got the Dwyer trade to discuss. Where that leaves us, we got Ike training again. We have a new player built into all of this. There's just so much to talk about. So uh, let's let's get to it. Before we get to Dom, we're gonna go with uh with the Gold Cup glory last night. What'd you what'd you think of the win? It's good. It's good. Um, obviously Jamaica is not the toughest team in the world. Uh, but they were obviously the one of the better teams in this last in this Gold Cup. They've not been too bad. Uh, probably fortunate that. They knocked the keeper out. Yeah, you're. I, I'm. I'm picking up on your hesitancy, and it's. I'm. I'm the same way. It's. It's hard to be too excited about about beating Jamaica. It's hard to be too excited about beating Jamaica for one. It's hard to be excited about a a B team beating uh, a, a B level Concacaf team. <laughs> right. Uh, right. They're a B plus Concacaf team. Let's give them that. But they're not even qualifying, so they're not the toughest one. They were the one that was able to bring a full squad, pretty much. Yeah, and they just seem to have a knack for getting to the final of this tournament all of a sudden. Like, that's it's the one that they can care about. Right. They're not competing. It's their for. World Cup, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. a valid point. And it was nice to see our boys hoisting another trophy, and a beautiful trophy at that. It's good to, it's good to see them out on the national stage, or the international stage. Yeah. Um, and how do you think, uh, I mean, for as a... For our guys, how do you think Zussi, Beasler, and uh, Wire did in their performances? I mean, yeah, I you got to think they all did their job well enough. I, you know, it's old news now, but I was still definitely a little surprised to see Dwyer get sent home. But you know, you got to think he did everything he possibly could have to get considered for the World Cup next time around. And no, it's hard to tell where Zussi and Beesler stand really in the in the depth chart now with this B team, like you said. But you know, hey, we they they did their job. They we got to the final, we won it, and I mean, you gotta you gotta be pretty happy with them, I guess. I would have to say if uh, Arena was putting the the Russia team together today, Beesler and Zussi would be on the twenty three man roster or very close to it. Yeah, I don't I don't even necessarily know that. I agree with that, but yes, I agree that that is where Arena places them for sure. I, I can I can see that definitely. Well, which of those two would you not put on there? I mean, I would you on spot, Cody. I would put them on there, but I can understand people screaming at uh, or not being happy with with Zussi as a as a fullback on our, you know, to to. Zussi as a fullback to play against Germany is is a bit of a, a daunting thought. Like, and, you know, he does wonderfully in MLS, and I love every part of it, and it's made sporting great, but that's a little scary thinking of, like, that back line against some of the best teams in the world. And I can understand that. Uh, and, and I like the distinction you made between him playing for sporting and playing the Germanies of the world. Right. Uh, Zussi has actually been really, really good as a right back yeah. for sporting. I mean... There's been a couple moments here and there, and he's covered by having Ike back there a few times. But yes. he's been really good, and it's he's worked well going forward and stuff like that. 
at the international level, he's been not bad, but not not bad is the proper word. Yeah, I mean, I, I trust me, I I love me some Zeus, but I would not be totally happy if he was the best right back that America had to offer. Mm-hmm. And I know there's others out there. You know, there's guys in Europe that will probably take that spot and knock him down anyway. Now, Beezer, right. on the other hand, I think that when he's at his best, I think that this season is probably his best uh, MLS season in like three years. Yeah, probably yeah, definitely. Before he went to the World Cup, to be honest. Um, the he even wasn't like as solid at the international level as I as he I think he was before the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And, you know, not that I don't want to put them on the national team. It's just sometimes I can't get beyond the fact that it's, you know, Beesler starting for the national team at center back, and he's not even the best center back on his own club team. It's just it's all very confusing to me. He does he does very good for for the national team, and he's – they're both veterans now at this point that they know what's required of them. They're not going to be scared of a big competition like that. But, but I mean, come on, all of all of America, all of Americans all over the world. Like, I just feel like there we can probably find someone better. Well, like you said, he's not even the best center back on Sporting, but right, the best center back on Sporting this year has been so injury prone over the last few years that you. I mean, even sporting fans don't want to say, oh, yeah, right. we're relying on Ike this year. Yeah, definitely uh, don't send him away. You know, and knowing history with uh, injuries, we don't want to send him away and have him get injured playing, you know, some yeah. cheap Costa Rican. I'm not trying to, you know, pass yeah. off Costa Rica, but. Uh, but that is where we shot. get. <laughs> that is where we get elbows. And who, what, what country was it? It was Costa Rica that got Beesler the red card. The guy like walked into him and fell over, and Beesler got Thanks. a red card for that. I, I'd be lying if I said that for sure. But... It, was, it was Costa Rica or one of those one of those countries. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it was a it was a yellow, and it was uh, so he was not able oh, to play yeah. the next game for yellow right. accumulation. And it was it was against Mexico too. Yep. And then his first Mexico game. Anyway. Um, yes, they. He may not be the best on his own team, but if he, you know. This this kind of tournament for him was perfect, as in, you know, guys like John Brooks and Jeff Cameron and some others weren't around, and he did exactly what he had to do, and he's a veteran and knows what Bruce wants of him, so, you know, he he did everything he you know could have been asked of. And uh, he he made some great plays in this tournament too. That um, you know, he made several saving tackles that uh. And, and let me add this to when I've said that I like this may not have been Beasler's best performance at the international level. It also to me was his weakest with the left back next to him because right. I know that some other people are pretty high on Villafana, but I really don't think that he's performed well there. He went up the field pretty quickly, but to be honest, I'd almost rather have Demarcus Beasley back there. Yeah, even though the guy's like a veteran years presence, old at, this point. <laughs> at least seventy, some seventy something. <laughs> So I think that that hampered Beasler a little bit too, having Villafana next to him and having to recover. And it may have thrown off uh, him and Omar a wee bit a couple times. And then, and then quite honestly, having Zusi on the flip side of it, mm-hmm. I think he's actually better than Villafana defensively. Maybe that's Amazingly. 
Yeah, maybe that's a little um, hometown prejudice there, but I can see it. I do think he was better defensively than Vilfana, and it, it, he wasn't at the best outside back that we could have had to back the lead. So in both cases, the center backs were a little bit under extra pressure. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But yeah, they were like you said. Beesler had plenty of big moments. I remember he he failed to do it for the last several years. That instinct of his to step up before the pass can get to the back line and intercept a pass. I saw that a few times from him, again a couple times last night. And so he he's definitely like he says one of his better years. He's back to his old form, and but it's good to hopefully get him back. You said they returned today, right? Uh. Yesterday, Vermees said that they would return on Thursday afternoon. If it had been a East Coast game, to be honest, they probably would have been in training this morning. They would have oh, been yeah. early enough to have been in training. But West Coast, hard to be back by 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so I expect them in training Friday. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, so I thought that this morning part threw anybody. Right, yes, but, Thursday night. Uh, they should be in training on Friday and available for the Saturday match against Chicago. Question is, will Vermees use them? Is a tired Beesler a better option at center back than what remains for Vermees to choose? Is this the right time to talk about that? Well, yet? yeah. Well, we can we can we'll jump into more of that later. But the reason we will hopefully have at least one of them playing is because of the the big trade. It's impossible for you to have not have heard about it by now. Dwyer is gone. We have a whole a huge hole in our in our offense. So we're gonna need everyone we can get on that field, um, but let's uh, let's talk about let's let's hear your reaction to the, to the trade initial reaction. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm actually pretty okay with it. The uh, we there's a lot to be seen of how this plays out, so I don't want to totally like come down like oh this is the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. The it's amount too of early. money, the amount of money they got, record amount. Even if he meets not one incentive, it's a it's a record amount by, you know, fifty percent more or something like that. If they if he meets the incentives, it's two and a half times the previous record. And they're yeah. supposed to be very easy. Yeah, and my understanding is they're so easy that if he makes an appearance this weekend, they will have met one of them. Yeah, yeah, one of them was suiting up. I I, I think I read. It may have, I think it was phrased as it may be as simple as that. Uh, right. Nobody knows for sure. But I've kind of heard that same thing, and also if he suits up next year, that would be like another one. Okay. That might trigger the next wave of uh, ham or jam, <laughs> jam. Garber bucks, man. Yeah. But yeah, it was just—I think that was what it comes down to. It was just simply too good of a deal to pass up, no matter how hard it it hurts right now at the current time. Like the the fact that we're looking at we're still in competition for three trophies at the moment. Um, it just. I guess I guess they decided this is going to be the best deal that they're going to get in you know over the next year and a half before his contract is expired and that it was obviously not going anywhere with him in the negotiations which is the part that really makes me hurt that's the one that really gets me is that this player wasn't screaming to stay here <laughs> we're used to that in Kansas City man people come here and they fall in love uh, don't give me um I saw a lot of people say, well, they were disappointed that he obviously wanted out of Kansas City and stuff like that. I didn't phrase it like that. No, no. I'm but not, yes, I'm not blaming I, you. Right, right, you. right. But yeah. I saw a lot of people, a lot of fans, uh, Facebook, Twitter, saying things like that. I I will defend Dom in that regard. I never got an inkling that he wanted out of Kansas City. 
I never got an inkling that he wanted to return to his dumbass spiritual home in Orlando or any of that spiritual home. Um, in case you don't get that reference, that was from when all the Orlando fans were stalking him before, and they actually got a tampering charge. Adrian Heath. Yeah, that was one of the best catchphrases ever. That will that will go down in in history. Yeah, spiritual um, home. And I do like when uh, the the one phrase on the article was, you know, Orlando's aggressively pursuing Dwyer. And I said, well, at least they stopped passively aggressively <laughs> right. pursuing him. But uh, the amount of money they got, the amount of things that they can do with that. Now, here's the the trick. I mean, even let's just say they don't get one incentive, just the straight up cash that they got guaranteed is a huge amount of money, and it's things that they can do to bring in other players, keep players, uh, stuff like that. But they have to be the right move to make this a worthwhile deal. If they bring in unnamed Hungarian striker and he comes in and scores three goals over two years, that that that's a bust. You know what I mean? That Hungarian striker has a name though. I was just this was generic. <laughs> this is a generic Hungarian. Striker. Yeah. Um, if they, uh, you know, do a long-term contract with uh, Ike, for example. And you know, love him, but he goes down and doesn't play again for three years. It's a bust. Right. It's those things that they have to make the right moves that make the make it worthwhile. Well, and we should probably talk about how that this, you know, we've sold players for more than one point six million before, but that this is in MLS play money and thus is more valuable than you know yeah. several million in cash from a team overseas. That is a point, really good point, Cody, because, uh, again, I've seen a lot of fans like, oh, this is just a cash grab, the the owners are greedy and cheap and all this. This is actually the anti-owners uh, being cheap and greedy because if they could have sold him for $3 million to Olympiacos last year, and the owners would have pocketed... Right in uh, their pocket. ...a million, at least uh, a million and a quarter, million and a third, something like that, out of that deal. They they could have they could have used to build new fields or do something with the academy or something like that, but they could not have put it back into player money. Right. Uh, they could have only put six hundred fifty thousand. The way the MLS budget salary structure transfers and all that works. Then should we do the really thirty second primer on this? <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, go for it if you want. Okay. Uh, if a MLS team sells a player outside of MLS. Uh, MLS will take a third off the top, although there's some variable numbers depending on the amount of years and type of player, homegrown player, DP, et cetera. But let's just say randomly, uh, generically, they'll take a third off the top. So if you sell a player for $3 million to Olympiacos, MLS gets a million of it. The $2 right. million that's left, uh, you can only apply a max of 650000 of that to general allocation money. Max. They don't have to apply all of it, but that's the max that they could apply. So the the organization would get the remaining million three hundred fifty thousand right. that they could build academy, mm-hmm. you know, new uh, new bleachers out at Swope Park. Or whatever. like also in theory, wouldn't that have been, you know, to like in theory to get a huge name from overseas to come here? Like I mean, when the Galaxy can pay someone a whole bunch of money, that money does come from the owners. Like that's where that. The extra part of it, yeah. The, uh, yeah, and so in theory, they would still have that money for that, but we know that they're not ever going to do something like that. For... Well, and actually, uh, and, yeah, we don't know that for sure because 
my understanding is the owners have told Vermees multiple times, we need to spend more money. Yeah, we, we have heard that come up a couple times, that they they do request him to start spending. So, But the thing with Vermees is um, he's, I don't want to call him cheap, but he's frugal. He doesn't want to overpay. Trader Pete. He's, uh, Hashtag Trader Pete. You know, uh, Moneyball sometimes gets a bad name, and I don't want to say exactly what he's doing with Moneyball, but the premise is, you know, buy low, sell high. That's, you know, what they did with Dwyer. They sold it as high as they could probably get away with doing and getting the most benefit from it. But uh, going back to the amount they got, they, you know, they're guaranteed of $900,000 that they can apply to players. They have to apply to players in some way, shape, or form. Or uh, the, five, the, the TAM, they could actually end up losing if they don't apply it within a certain amount of time. But the... The, the general allocation money stays until they use right. it. Right. Yeah. Well, one very simple way, I'm not entirely sure how accurate it is, but uh, a simple way that Vermees described it on 810 that day was like, he, he may have just been keeping it very general, but he was just very simply like, it may not seem like that much money, but it basically doubles, if not triples, our salary cap. It's like how he's like looking at it in a, in a, in a certain way. Uh, he may have just been doing that to pander to the baseball and football fans of 810, but I was like, all right, I can I can at least use that a little bit for my less soccer-y friends. Yeah, it <clears throat> it definitely increases the salary cap or salary budget. Yeah, it's not done, not the cap, but... Yeah, it, it's kind of one of those weird things like some people will argue with you if you call it a salary cap. But yeah. It's, it's Again, MLS is one of the weirdest leagues in the world in order how you figure out how much money you have to spend on what kind of player. Uh, roster spots 1 through 20 versus roster spots 21 through 30 versus homegrown players versus designated players versus um, you know players that you buy their salaries down so they fit into the salary cap, the max player allotment, all this type of stuff. So it's so convoluted. Right. I don't envy any uh, MLS GM technical director at all. Okay, so August 9 is when the window closes, and also the Open Cup semifinal match. Will Vermees bring someone in before August 9th? You want uh, odds? Yes, give me odds. I will say 60-40, he brings in somebody. Okay, and do you have a person in mind, a player in mind when you say that? Uh, two players. Okay. And they've both been mentioned elsewhere, uh, Christian Namath. And so the but the the snag news that came out earlier today that doesn't bother you at all that that he seems to be in a dispute with his team that they owe him money is that what I'm? <laughs> Look like they owe the the Qatari team owes him money and they won't leave until they pay them is what is what I took that as. Um, yeah, I don't understand that quite honestly. If he if the team owes him money. How does he force them to pay them by saying I'm not going to someplace else? Yeah, by not. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was wondering. Is there some like law in in Qatar that if you leave the country, you can't get money from anyone <laughs> in that country anymore, or what? Um, there's a lot of weird laws there. Um, yeah. But my understanding is actually he's been out of the country. He wasn't even oh. there. Okay. Again, this comes from people that are you know the Instagram stalkers, not. You know, I, They're the real journalists these days. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's as real news as you can get. Yeah, <laughs> right. I posted I was in Hungary, so. Um, 
Uh, anyway, it, it's my understanding he's not there, or at least wasn't at least sometime very recently. So I don't know what. I would love to know, and I'm going to try to find out more the next time I talk to Vermees. But quite honestly, when I spoke to him Wednesday, he was very non-wanting to talk about any of that. Probably because he was unhappy with how things yeah. were going. Yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, he didn't want to talk about any of that, or he didn't want to like speak like, "Oh, we're re- we're trying to replace Dom." He right. Kind of, like, shut that conversation down really fast. Well, he did seem to be, you know, in any quote you can find, he does make sure to say in there, you know, it might <laughs> like, will it be in this window or not? So he, yeah, it's definitely at least on his mind that that. Uh, Shallowy and Rubio and Suni are gonna have to have to step up at some point this year. Blessing, Porter. Blessing. He's got a he's got a cavalry, but it's unproven. It's a, yeah, unproven. Now, I can totally one hundred percent see like you know I'm all about Shallowy, and he's looked great in every chance we've given him this year. So it is entirely possible. We fail to sign someone, and then Shallowy whips out 15 goals in the second half of the season. Uh, possible. Keep in mind that he will probably be a left winger, not a center forward, as, he, as he's playing. Yeah, he, yeah. And, but who's more center forward than him? I guess Suni. Suni. Rubio. Rubio. Blessing. Porter. Blessing is more center forward than Shallowy? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, quite honestly, I think he would be better at center forward than Shallowy at this point. Uh, Shallowy is, he likes being a winger. I mean, actually, I did an interview with him at the beginning of the year uh, before the season started. He talked about how he liked to be, he he knew he wasn't a center forward. I think he, like, wants to grow into that, quite honestly, but he knows he's not. He knows he's not very strong, and he likes playing with. Yeah, he's a, he's skinny. He's all get out yeah, still. I mean, he's still bigger than blessing but blessing doesn't have fear yeah that's true uh, and or or he just doesn't care about his body I, yeah. I haven't decided which one of those it is i think when you're only about you know 55 pounds of feather he can bounce a lot easier <laughs> exactly than, you know some of us older guys um but shall we likes the being on the wing he likes having a uh, sideline to basically have one side of him protected but I think he, likes he likes to, to cut to in cut in exactly like like the other hungarian that we've that we've known here. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I saw people saying, well, if we go get Namath, he's a left wing. That doesn't solve our center forward problem. No. Namath is a center forward. Yeah. For me, he's moved to left wing because he needed that. I mean, he wasn't going to move Dom. Because Dom wing. couldn't play anywhere else. Exactly. You know, I mean, Gerso could play center forward if you wanted him to. Madranda could play center forward if you wanted him to. Right. Uh, Dom is probably the least possible center forward playing forward that we had. I mean, least wing winger, playing, yeah. Sorry, least wing playing forward that we had. Where almost any of the rest of the guys can at least. It's a uh, like Porter when we saw him last year at center forward. I thought he looked actually halfway decent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he wasn't like you know like wow, you know, let's replace Dom with him, but he didn't look too bad as a. And he, he yeah, he's pretty clever. But when you put him on the put him at a right wing, I thought he sucked. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Cameron. <laughs> um, I do want to see more shallowy this year, though. Oh, me too. I'm I'm all in on him, and if you know, 
I'm not getting my hopes up. I like 60-40. That's I, I like that. I can I can get b- behind that, but <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up that we're that, that somebody will get brought in here. And you know, that means more time for Shallowy on the field and we also haven't, you know, I know we fell out of first because Dallas started playing more games, but you know, we're still at the top of the table and Dom hasn't scored a goal for us in a very not well an MLS hasn't scored a goal in MLS since since the beginning of May and they're still up there towards the top of the table but that's not to say <laughs> it's all right we'll be all right without Dom he didn't do anything for us but uh yeah uh and again keep in mind that Rubio has very few MLS games under his belt uh he's coming back off of injury when he uh he has uh Far better first touch most of the time than Dom. Does. Yes, yes. He can involve the other forwards and midfielders better. You might see if Rubio is playing more, you might see more goal production or shots from Bailhaber, Espinoza, Madranda. That's true. Um, you will see probably better uh, passes out to Gerso, Blessing, Shallowy, things like that. You might see Rubio much less as a goal scorer as. Uh, you know he'll put in a few and yeah. get a few assists where most most of Dom's assists were probably you know passes of less than ten feet. And I kind of hate to say it, but it seems like Rubio and his Europeanness, he will not miss the sitters that Dom did. He might not create the miraculous goal out of nothing like Dom did, but Dom missed an insane amount of of goals that. Would have just gone in had he let it hit him, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and I think and I think Rubio will eat up goals in that regard. If we can just give him service right there in front of the goal, I think I think he he's gonna be the, the, uh, the shot conversion rate will probably be a little bit higher. And one one of the things that I'm trying to like formulate to write into an article. So this is gonna be kind of like a test throw out there. Is at the beginning of the year, one of the things was that uh, this is SKC 2.0. This is the better SKC. Uh, more possession, more youth, more speed, you know, all that type of stuff. You know, with uh, getting Illy in there, you know, possession is better than when Mustabar was playing there. No offense to Mustabar, did you know, but it's not the same. But not Ilya. Um, you know, the Ilya is the, the pivot. Uh, he makes so many insane amount of passes. If you look, um, the defense mid this year all have insanely high passing completion rates. Uh, I mean, Ellis, Akara, Beasler, Zussi, Seth, uh, Palmer Brown, and uh, Ilya. 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 I love that name. Uh, anyway, they all have really great passing success. Now, here the question is, what's the, the, the Achilles heel, the kryptonite to sporting is always a team that bunkers sits behind, and just bunkers in and tries to counter. Well, Dom has never been the greatest at breaking those down. He's usually a little bit better when he has a little room to work with, not Mm -hmm. packed into, you know, four, eight defenders. If he's not getting calls that evening, then we don't break, we don't break a a bunkering team down. Right. Well, Rubio might be the guy who they can pass into to hold the ball, play it back out to Benny, to Gerso, Shallow, et cetera. Which is, which is where the a slightly better first touch comes into play, like you right. mentioned. So this may be uh, 
maybe in the long run. And if they get a player like Namath or another European who can play with their back to the goal and hold the ball better, um, and even if you if you look at uh, Swope Park the way they've been playing a lot this year, uh, Maloto is playing the center forward. He's not a center forward. He's more of a false nine where mm-hmm. he gets the ball and he scored two or three goals at this point. He's had some really good games, but really he's more of a guy that's helping create and drop it back to the midfielder, drop it out to the wingers. Well, if you have some guy like that, and I, I just I've almost wondered if that's been kind of a test bed for mm-hmm. does the sporting way work? With yeah, the false nine. Yeah, huh? It is that is supposed to be their their testing grounds. The, the Rangers are. So can Rubio be that? Can uh, Namath be that? Can another player that's out there that we don't know who they are? Uh, well, you did say earlier that you thought there were two players. One of them was was Nemo. Now, I know you hear things and you know stuff, and so you said two players. I, I got I to gotta clarify if there's like a certain player or something you've heard. That... No, uh, just the same thing everybody else would have heard would have been Kai. I mean, and... People okay. talking about that, right? Um, I think Kai would be a short-term deal. Not, you know, I, I love Kai. He's a great guy. I mean, personally, I mean, we kind of not like the best buzz when he was here, but who didn't love Kai, uh, right? You know, he was. I've I've helped him out outside of soccer, doing things. Um, but he's had a. He's had some issues since leaving the team he's, a, well, he's had some issues before he was with well sporting. yeah he has issues since he loved sporting yeah sporting is really the only place that uh all was well and you know to be honest there were issues even when he was here but Ramiz kept him down mm-hmm. um Ramiz handled it well yeah that's what i was saying this club handled it better than than i think some of the other ones did i think uh peter has a, a good form of tough love on these players like and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell a story. I've told this before on a previous podcast. If you look back to when Kai first came here and uh, Peter wanted to use him as a winger, he didn't want to be a winger. He wanted to be a center forward. Well, if you look at how he played, he would start on the wing, but all of a sudden he would be in the center of the field all the time. Well, Peter uh, benched him one game. I think it was against Dallas. And all the fans are like, well, what? You know, that's so stupid. He's the best player. He scored goals, and et cetera, right? Well, he then brought him in, like towards the end of the game, and what did he do? He left his spot, went into the center spot, scored a goal. Everybody's like, "See, Peter, you're so stupid." All right, yeah. Right? Well, Peter needed wingers. He didn't need center forwards. So, next game, Kai didn't start again. Um, now I'm, I'm reading some of this into it and some of what I've been kind of told. So, but anyway, he didn't start him the the next game. Again, all the fans were like, "Wow, the Mies are so stupid," you know. Well when Kai got the message that no matter what you do, you have to play our way or you're going to sit on the bench, he started playing the wing spot and still scoring goals mm-hmm. and now being able to cross the ball in to you know, the CJs and people like that that were back then. Uh, Bravo or whoever it was, but not Bravo. But, um, whoever was the center forward most of the time back then, and they were working pretty good. He used that. Tough love, if you want to call it that. I learned and played and was really successful and got the attention of going to Europe. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, as much as I loved him and absolutely hated to have him leave, it's like he, he, he there really has been 
some very weird things from him. You know, the the problem with Iguain and Columbus and it just it just seems like an ordeal to to bring him back at this at this time. And also, I mean, he's not the best striker in MLS anymore. <laughs> well, Ty's a guy I think who plays the best when he's feels well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when and he he'd was, get plenty of that here. Yeah, uh, he would get the love from the fans. Um, if he went out and scored a goal in his first couple games, it, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. it would just be an outpouring of love, welcome back, everything, mm-hmm. right? And I think if he came back, because Peter has wingers now, you know, Gerso, Lakeith can play there, Shallowee can play there, Lobato can play there. We'll probably talk about him more later, but mm-hmm. all these players that can play there. Maybe Kai actually plays center forward and provides uh, some height. Yes, that's there. It heading is. ability that hasn't been as. Dom was surprisingly good header for a guy who was like five foot two. I mean, five foot ten, five foot nine. Yeah. Um, I was joking about five foot two. <laughs> Only a little. If you have any complaints about my jokes, send them to Cody. <laughs> but he, he would be that guy's capable of doing that. Do I think he's most likely to be brought in? No. But is he in that probably top two most likely at this point? Yeah. Because um, To be honest, I think Peter was probably ca- almost counting on getting Namath back. And with the little snag there, I think he'll. I do think they'll probably get it resolved, which is why I say 60-40. Okay. I did want to – yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was going to make you definitively say if you thought it was going to be Namath or happen or not. Yeah, no, I do think it, I do think Namath will be back uh, at this point. Again, it's better than even odds, sixty forty, whatever number you want to put to it. He, I just don't get the whole problem. Like you know, like we talk about, uh, can't leave Cutter, uh, but some kind of deal could be worked out. I'm sure. You know, they yeah. can stick the sporting lawyers on. Oh, Garofsky. Whatever the heck the name of that team is. Well, so do you think he will come back in the same form? He hasn't. When he scored like five, four or five goals last year, can he come back and be as dominant? Good question. Um, if you, I went back and looked. I do. I think he scored six goals for them this last oh, okay. season, and like maybe ten the year before. But they were such a horrible team. I mean, it was like. I think USL yeah, teams very would bad. beat. I think most USL teams would beat those. Teams. Oh yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's for sure. He didn't have the teammates to support him, but also, he dribbled through the Portland defense for that goal like it was absolutely nothing. Why can't he do that against, like you said, USL if that level teams? Uh, motivation. Yeah, that's did, true. That's true. Um, did you look at any of the the clips from like when he scored? Yeah. And all four people in the stands? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I, I'll give them credit. There's probably four people in each set of stands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There were nobody there. And uh, it looked like it was just the rich sheiks that were just like watching their products on the field is like all it was. <laughs> I, there's been more people watching my daughter's game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, there's motivation. There's, uh, you know... Potentially uh, homesickness or um, happiness with the lifestyle. You know, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Cutter because I know people that have lived there and actually liked it. But there's a lot of reasons people wouldn't too. 
Yeah. Okay, well, um, if that happens, we can talk about it then. But we are without Dom right now, and we have a bit of a hole. So where does this leave us with Chicago this weekend? Well, there's the hole of Dom, but there's also the Gerso hole. Exactly, the Gerso hole, and then if Zussi and Beesler aren't back yet... It's not looking good. That's what we meant by our football team has us drinking. We're drinking hard this week. Well, it has us drinking every week. It's either happiness or yeah. sadness or worry or <laughs> But it was or the happy drinking is good. First place drinking is pleasant. And the drinking this week was just me yelling at my roommate. <laughs> so Which and to clarify Gerso suspended this week for having pleaded whatever you want to say. You can't see us, but we're putting quotes around cleated. <laughs> cleated, uh, whoever that was. I didn't. I can't even remember who that was. A salt-like player. They probably deserve it. An unknown, salty, salt-like player. And Ilya was fined again for hands-to-face-slash-neck area, and that was the most mild, non-violent. It was like... It was like... It was the, the the freeze frame is what is what did him in the freeze frame where it just looked like he was solidly choking him for the whole time. No, that was the previous one. This is the oh, second one. The, oh yeah. Oh, the second one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was absolutely that was absolutely nothing. Yeah. No, the first one was definitely wrong. Not going to defend that in any way, shape, or form. Although, yeah. again, I don't know so much a choke as a get away from. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Exactly. As a shove in the neck. Is uh... <laughs> not not that that's any better, but. Because so Nehu, like, kind of clubbed him in the back of the head. He yeah, it was... Catch the previous clip. It was a defense. Um, it was it was a definite reaction, so... Mm-hmm. It was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. But this the one that it, at Salt Lake... Yeah. Uh, literally, like, the guy went down. I think he was mad at, like, the tackle or something. And mm-hmm. he went over and, like, put his hand literally, like, baby-touched him and walked away. And I think because of the focus that Pecky's exactly. whining... Uh, I mean, vocal outburst... The whiny, I I'll say it, the whiny outburst afterwards. He asked for it, and it worked. I won't even, I won't even like give it that because you know Vermees comes out and complains about refs, yeah, non calls and stuff like that. So that was it. It really wasn't whiny, but the, it was that was that was beautiful. The handing out of screenshots. Oh my gosh, I loved it. That was gold. I do expect that from Vermees from now on. Yeah, Robo, oh, hand those the out. First chance he gets, <laughs> Robo, hand these out, please. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, but so we have, who who's going to start for, let's just go position by position. How about we try this? Sure. What's about on the, I guess, right wing is where Gerso has settled in. Who do, who do we deploy on the right for Gerso? My guess would be the all position utility guy of Madrid. Heck yeah. I like that. You could put Blessing over there and Shallowy on the left, but my guess will be Ladranda on the right, uh, Blessing on the left. So we'll have short and fast on the wing. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Madranda has knows Vermees the best. Is probably the most trusted from him from a lot of those guys that he could deploy. So I can I I I'm, I think we can probably assume he'll be on one of those wings. Uh, you know, uh, Vermees could like totally pull a. Over me is and like throw something weird out there, like you know, some guy named Zeusy playing right wing. That's his thing. favorite thing to do. I think he just does that to make anyone trying to guess his lineups look ridiculous. Like, once every like six games, it has to like throw something really weird out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as expected, Latif was starting that one game, you know, as expected, but whatever. Uh, So we got, what about on the left? So we got Latif going to play on the left wing, probably. That would be my guess. Okay. And then how confident are you? We talked a little bit about this, but how confident are you in uh, Zussi and Beesler coming back for support? Well, well they confident are back, they'll be there. Yeah. Uh, probably on the bench, if not starting. Really, I, I mean, again, it's kind of fifty-fifty to me because what in Vermees the Vermees answer will be, uh, we have to evaluate them after training, right? See where Always, at. and I understand that it just makes it hard for us to make our guesses. When they get back today, you know, tomorrow they'll probably do a light training, just be, you know because of uh, the travel, right? And they'll probably have the trainers look at them and see if they are you know physically ready to respond you know a lot of people like complain about the Vermees overplaying guys or whatever it's like so scientific now they can see how these guys are performing in practice yeah to see if they're ready to come back for you know full 90s or 60 minutes well i'm full on hoping for Beesler because that would leave us with Kevin Ellis and EPB as the Starting center back duo, correct? With with Ike still working his way back. Which uh, we hadn't talked about that. Yes, Ike was returning to training today. We got to see video of that. That was very good to see. Actually, he returned earlier this week. Well, yeah, video today is what we... <laughs> we got to prove. We got proof today. <laughs> Come on, my tweets are proof, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... But that was also... He was, like, on the side earlier in the week, right? No, he was in training. He was? He was? Okay. Uh, They weren't doing, like, heavy contact in the training, but they were doing full... Okay. Um, uh, like small sided games and stuff. I mean, so he literally could have taken a shot to the head, and he was yeah. out there. Uh, I asked one of the trainers how he was doing. And they said he's going through the protocol. I mean, that's like the only that's the answer now. Yeah, going through the protocol. Well, uh, he looked good. He looked fine. Um, from what I've heard, he was uh, while it was a level three concussion, whatever that however they phrase it, level three concussion. Well, I don't. Do they actually phrase him like that anymore? I know they said that, but I've I've heard that doctors don't even do that. It's all case by case now. Well, I, the I know the recovery is all case by case. Okay. Uh, level one, two, and three really refers more to like how long you're out, or and three is the worst. Yeah. Um, it did was, look bad. Yeah, he was he was out. I mean, obviously he was out from the moment he got kicked in the head. He before fell before the ground. Um. And what I heard was he was, like, having little uh, seizure-type motions while he was on the ground. Yeah, which is, I, I could see it from the cauldron. Which is not uncommon for that high of a level of a concussion. You know, you just get fall and hit your head on the wall. You're not probably going to, you know, right. that's not going to happen. But uh, So, anyway, he was. it was a serious, serious concussion, but everybody responds differently. It does. I mean, some guys can get the worst concussion and be ready literally, you know, a couple days later. And some guys can have a lighter concussion but take months to get themselves back to normal. So it's safe to say that Ike's body has just recovered from so many injuries that he can just snap his fingers and be fine from a from a concussion now? Or his brain's really solid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you remember, like, the game, was it D.C. or New York? Uh, Zussi and Sinovic both got concussions oh, in yeah, that game. Oh, yeah, in one game. And... Zussi kept playing, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Seth was out for like 
months, like the whole season almost or something like but that. But Zeus, he was supposed to start the next game. Yeah. And he was fine up until they he was like starting warm-ups was at, late scratch. at Sporting Park. And Sporting Pleasure Park. And I think the combination of lights, noise, and physical activity all of a sudden said, hey, now I've, I've got a problem. Yeah. yeah. And then he was able to come back fairly quickly. Seth took a while before he was able to come back, and then I don't think he was himself till the next year. Yeah, no, yeah. Really, I think this year he's back to himself, you know. And I believe, I believe with Seth, he had to go through uh, treatment for like seeing the same way again, you know, like yeah. his eyes didn't, you know, his his eyes needed retraining in some way, shape, or form. Yikes. Um. So yeah, so I think we're if if not Beesler, we're gonna have to rely on Kevin Ellis and EPB, which I'm not I'm not talking crap about Kevin Ellis, but he's not the reason that this defense has been so good all year. No, he's not. But then again, neither is EPB. Yeah, but EPB's looked very <laughs> good. At least at least I can find solace in that that he he's looked very good. Yeah, in his in his games so far. That's uh, you know, after the last game at home. Talked to a couple of the players and like uh, Tim, and I forget who else I asked, but they were both um, just saying about how EPB has unlimited ceiling. You know, it's like they don't know how high he can go play. It's just sad that we'll never get to see it. You never know. There's Dom Dwyer money. Now. We do have the Dom money. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a whole nother podcast. The the Eric Palmer Brown situation. Well, in Again, we if we if we can take a couple minutes because I know again that's the things I've seen fans complain about like EPB never played why does why is Ramiz not letting him play blah 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 but there's two or three things to this one he went with the U20s uh, Concacaf qualifying you know won the Concacaf uh, the you know won Concacaf qualifying to go to the U20 World Cup but he was hurt mm-hmm. out of that when he came back and now he has to get back into you know, let that heal. There's no need to rush him because they have uh, Beasler and Opara playing yeah, so well. Yeah. And you have Ellis as a competent backup. Uh, there's no reason to rush him back. And then when he was healthy, he he got time with Swope Park to make sure he got fully game fit. Uh, again, goes off to the U20 World Cup. Uh, they get knocked out by, was it Venezuela? But yep. he was injured in the early part of that game, if I remember correctly. Uh, but he was injured in that game one way or the other. I think it was early. And comes back, and again he has to sit for a while to get yeah uh, back in back in form. A foot injury fixed or healed, and then when he comes back from that, well, pretty much the timing was perfect for him to step in and uh, start for sporting again, or start for sporting. So it wasn't like Vermees was like, ah man, I'm just not going to start this guy. Um, you know, he did have the quandary like, would I would I pl- replace Beasler or would I replace Opara in a Hair that's been working so good when yeah. they're out there. Yeah. So again, fans, and I understand it. I mean, I want to see him play too. I would like to get to a point where, you know, they just like, okay, today it's EPB and Opara. Tomorrow it's EPB and Beasler. The next day it's Beasler and Opara. And you just rotate them through so they all get a little rest. But... Yeah. And if he's going to play like he has been playing, then yeah. I think, I think the fan frustration, though, comes from not just this year, but. That we've had this um, international starlet, and the last like three games are the most we've seen of him his entire career here, and it's could very well come to an end. I, I think it's 
but like you said, it the re like did you want him to start over over Ike and Beastler this whole time? And one of the reasons he is so good is because he wasn't here last year. He was off with Porto, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know uh, they you know they win the 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 league for the B teams. Uh, he gets a lot of experience. Gets a you know. I think that did him very well. Yeah, and he grew up. He got. He said he didn't get any bigger, but he I looks swear bigger. He got bigger. He looks bigger. Um, you know, but he was 18 when he when he left. And he's 20 now, right? So he's matured. He's he's ready to start an MLS. Has but he, he not wasn't turned, two years? Has he not turned 20? I I just saw he got listed to the 20 players under 20. I, yeah, I, well, I think he's 20. But maybe it was just to qualify. It had to be this at the beginning of the year or something. I don't have everybody's birthdays remembered. Yeah, memorized. But yeah, so I I think he'll probably get the nod. I'm just hoping that Beesler is going to be ready to go there next to him. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I hope so too. Um, and again, not I. You know, I'm a big defender of Kevin Ellis, but he's a very competent backup. He, I don't want to see him starting all the time in, in for Sporting, uh, but he's started long stretches and did fine. Yeah. How about how about this back line? How about Kevin Ellis as a right back, Beesler as a center back, EPB as a center back, and Seth as the left back, and just a full homegrown Kansas City back line. Uh, I I think it would be kind of cool in that regard. Uh, <laughs> that would be the only thing awesome about it was just that we could say that. Yeah. Well, and I, again, I see lots of people say Ellis is an outside back because he's short. He plays better at center back. He does seem to, yeah. It, in my head, he seems like he should be a right back. But yeah, he on the bottom line is that he's always played better as a center back. Yeah, I think because I do think when they first got him, they were trying him at outside back. He played there a lot. Remember, he well the, he scored that goal against Cruz Azul in the in the Champions League from the right back spot, and that's where man we thought thought he was just sky was the limit. He was our right back. Yeah, well, that failed. <laughs> um, okay, but so we didn't. We were talking about forwards earlier. We didn't uh, talk about Lobato, which has been kind of buried in the craziness of this week. Um, we were we were talking of who was going to start. His name really was barely even brought up. So does that mean he's not acclimated yet? Vermees doesn't trust him quite yet. I don't see him starting this game. Uh, probably. Or many games for the future. Well, and I don't want to say that because I you just never know. Like, like, like you said, he's not acclimated yet. Um, you know, this is his second week here. Uh, he was off for a month or a month and a half or something like that before he came here. And you know, maybe he, maybe he jogged or whatever. But I saw him the very first practice he had here, and yeah, his touch wasn't bad, but he was very non-aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they were playing some very uh, small-sided games where it was, you know, all about aggression. Yeah. And he was pretty much like, okay, the ball came to me. I made a good pass. Still um, a little hesitant. But it seems to have gotten better now. But I haven't seen him, like, you know, crush anybody in practice yet. So we'll we'll see. I mean, he's got skill. And uh, Ilya thought the world of him, that, you know, he would be able to come in and do a ton. Right. Um, so I would expect that he will. I mean, I don't. Because I think Ilya knows better than any of us how he can play. Yeah, but it's an adjustment. I mean, it's 
when you've always played on one side of the world and now you're on the opposite side of the world and yeah. not understanding the language and you know and the physicality of this league yeah it, you know if he can contribute uh, valuable minutes this year maybe he'll be an awesome player next year maybe and, he'll be an awesome player this year and where will those minutes come from the majority you think the wing or in a midfield spot wing or midfield I think more I don't think he wants to play outside back, left back. Yeah. Um, he might, you know, might have to to get time. But again, you know, we got Sonovic there. We got Asher, Storm, who can at least provide. Storm's actually seems like the longer he goes, the more impressive he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Asher like really impressed last year, but he hasn't. Seems like they've fallen back a little bit this year, but I think there's been some travel and some injuries. Maybe I don't know. Well, it seems like at the moment, at least, that there's one extra spot there in the attack for him to wiggle into and, and get some minutes, at least. So I'd like to see him up there at some point. He could be. Uh, he he's uh, they've said he can play like the eight or the ten. Um, you know, so we could see him at a lot of different spots, kind of like Madranda can play play anywhere yeah that's what Vermees keeps keeps saying about him he likes those versatile players so really that's kind of the good thing is that there's a lot of players that you can pull a guy out and put another guy in there and you might lose 10 percent of capability but you know there it's not horrible drop off uh, i think the worst one right now is still the d-mid spot and keeper mm -hmm. yeah we don't want to start dykstra so yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, and he's you know a decent keeper, but Tim has just been killing it this year. Yes, he has the best in the league, and not gonna represent the MLS at the All Star game. At least not yet. Why do you say that? Uh, I thought I heard that Fry was hurt at one point. Oh, really? I didn't even hear this. This is a few days ago. So I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't looked lately to check that. Uh, but if he is hurt. Might be a replacement for him. Huh. That'd be pretty cool. Late swoop, especially since we lost one player to represent us, apparently. I know they don't have to, I don't know, it's different. They don't wear the jerseys, but don't they have a patch of their team? Yes. What is that patch going to be for Dom? I feel, I mean, it's going to be Orlando, I guess, but that just hurts. They should, they should, he should have two patches. Yeah, there you go. There's room for that on both arms. So, um,. He'll, he'll wear Orlando. I mean, that's just the way the game works. Yes. That's but like, like a guy who plays for a team for 10 years and goes to another team and retires, goes into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That yeah. that last year is listed like that was his team. But Well, a lot of times they have to sign, they'll sign a contract with someone, like a one-day contract so they can retire. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't Brad Davis doing that for Houston? Did he he did do that. I, that sounds familiar. Like I, I mean, I saw that he was going to do that. I don't know that I ever saw it actually happen, though. Oh yeah. Maybe it did. So I, now I'm going to go look that up. Well, once once I heard about him being back with Houston, you can stop. You can just ignore it. He's now dead to you again. Yes, dead to me. Uh, so with our backup lineup this weekend, can they? How are we going to deal with, with Schweinsteiger and the second-place Chicago Fire? <laughs> On the positive side, okay, we still have Ilya, Espinoza, 
Bell Hopper in the midfield. Thank you. Uh, bring 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 everyone back to the to the happy place. Thank that's, you. That's the that's the main starting lineup at the midfield, mm-hmm. which is where that battle should be most prevalent. Um, the you know you still have Sinovic, you still have Palmer Brown, uh, Saad Abdul Salam, Ellis. They're all quality guys. So I mean that's not such a bad thing. My my worry is more the offense. Yes, uh, indeed. You know, you still have Tim back there uh, at Sporting, you know, at Children's Mercy Park. And so all that's quality, you know, that's all good in that regard. My worry is a little bit more of the attack, I mean, because Latif, you know, scores like two goals at a time, but it's several games in between. Yep. Uh, Madranda has, what, one goal this year? Yeah, it's the, the it's going to be hard finding goals. The top, Gerso was two, right? Or the top two are both gone, so. Yeah. Ten of our, I don't even know how many goals we've scored, but the top two are gone, and probably a third of our total goal scoring is <laughs> it's not going to be on the field. Uh, I think it's more than a third. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, because Gerso led, Dom was second. I'm guessing Benny's third. Or how many does Benny have? Three. You're the guy with the the computer in front of you. No, I'm trying here. We have scored. Oh man, we scored 25 goals this year, and Dom had six, and Gerso is at four or five. No, Gerso was more had more goals than Dom. Oh, he did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So we're at what are we at? We're at like 12. So yes, almost half of our goals will not be on the field this this coming game. And and one way you got to look at it is Dom's just gone. So it's not like he's those goals are not on the field anymore. He's just gone. Right. Uh, the question is, can Rubio even remotely? Uh, no. And let me back up. Dom at his best was what twenty two goals for that one game. With 21. with taking PKs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I actually wish that would be a stat that like there's goals and there's PK goals. I've I've started to see a lot of. Uh... A lot of different websites and apps that you see, they'll they'll list their thing, and then right underneath it, it'll say it'll say how many PK goals. Because to me, that's that's just a way to pad stats for uh, certain guys. Yeah. But that was at his best. That was his, you know, when he scored the most goals. And realistically, he's more in the low double digits, 10, 12, 14 kind of number. If Rubio can come in and get six. For the rest of the year, that pretty much matches the the pace that we could have expected from Dom. Right, and that doesn't seem that ridiculous of a request. Six goals from him for the rest of the year. Yeah, and again, then uh, goal scoring by committee from Blessing, Shallowy, Madranda uh, could put in one that's not already scored by Suni. Yeah. Um, Suni, you know, Suni's been a little bit of a disappointment so far this year. Yeah, he really has. I've not seen like really anything. Well, he had that one goal that got taken away, and that was a beautiful goal. He had one really good game, from what I understand, was the one Minnesota game, and I didn't see it. That well, was that the game that he had the goal taken away that Jimmy headed it in. They didn't see it. That he had a, he had a rocket so. from distance and it hit off the crossbar. Yeah. yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that was the right one. Um, 
and yeah, it's kind of a shame he didn't get the goal, but well, Jim, I, at least Jimmy made sure. Well, when I saw that, I was I was thinking that that was his moment. He saw the ball go in the net. Soon he was going to be able to you know find his groove, but he really that was like his one moment this year that I've seen. The next game he played, I thought he was the worst guy on the field. Yes, for, by far. Yes, um, he has so much talent. He has so much ability. Surprised Dom didn't actually work out that he would go along as part of the trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. Okay, so I don't know how comfortable I am with our back line taking on Schweiny, but we always seem to, every time I 100%, this is a wash, you know, I'm ready to lose this game, this, it seems like Sporting KC always win those games. I don't know how, but it always they they'll whip something out of nowhere. Someone like Blessing or Shallowy will score a couple goals, and so you never know. MLS is very weird. The, the Chicago is in second place, but also I'm not convinced that the East is all that good beyond them and Toronto. So you never know. And we got the the another home match though. So. Sporting does seem to. Beat the teams that you expect them to really struggle with, and can't beat the teams they should destroy. And draw the teams they should have just wiped away every time. Amazing how they can do that. I mean, like they should have when they went up to Minnesota, they should have just destroyed Minnesota and they lost that one three nothing or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But then they can beat Dallas three nothing. And yeah, <laughs> with with uh, amazing ease. It wasn't easy, but <laughs> entertaining. And losing your best defender and um, being a man down, you know, in the Open Cup, all that just right. added to the how do you – you never count this team out, but at the same time it's the, such a Jekyll and Hyde team at times that they come up short against teams that they should beat. So, yeah, I wouldn't count them out against Chicago being a home game. To be honest, if I if somebody like forced twisted my arm to like make a prediction, I would just say 1-1 uh, draw. Yeah, I'll take a draw. I'll be very happy with a draw. And that is at 7 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. It should be fun. I'm kind of excited to see, to see Schweinsteiger. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, it's a, the beauty of this league now is you're starting to see some of the best players in the world on their downhill side, but still he's amazingly good player. Yeah, he's looked. He, he's still doing some work and, and looks pretty good there. So, And I will also, like, Say, hey, you know, I, I thought when Chicago got him, I thought that was like, you know, useless because they were spending so much money on one spot and and it wasn't. I, I know I was right there too, and that it didn't seem like he was gonna be that big of a name either to like draw. <laughs> you know, he's not not David Villa that like people will flock to the stadium just to get a glimpse of him. I didn't, you know. Well, there's but, that, and they all they they kind of remade their midfield already with Dax and Genio. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. did he fit even? Yeah. Uh, did they need to do that because they already had good players there? Why not spend the money on a proven goal scorer or mm-hmm. something like that? So, but it is clearly, yeah, it's clearly worked out. Uh, yeah, seven o'clock on Saturday. I'm I'm ready for that one. But uh, I think before we go, we've got to talk about we can't we can't ignore Swell Park and their ten straight games unbeaten, seven straight wins, and five straight shutouts. Beat Seattle Sounders two on the weekend. Nancy Subble had a beautiful goal of the week. Uh, well, they 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 swept the uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yes, all nine points on the, on the Pacific Northwest trip. That was wonderful. They're second in the West right now. Uh, 
not I mean they're a little behind they're still ways behind first but uh, they've made a big jump up and they've done that it's not just that they've won but they've done that with having one of the youngest teams in the league uh, having played a lot of guys uh, a lot of different guys a lot of different guys right uh, they've given time to players like Dewasa uh, uh, Rubio uh, in that stretch. EPB was down there. Rubio scored a really great goal when he was down there. Uh, for me, he's called it a goal scorer's goal because it was just a reaction. He just reached out and punted it in. Yep, yep, I saw it. Uh, you've got, you know, uh, Selbel, who's a Sporting Academy product, who's been playing, starting most every game in that stretch. Yeah, he's been named the Team of the Week a couple times for USL so far. Goal of the Week a couple times. Yeah. Um, and he's a... He's a good story about how he wasn't really getting a lot of time last year. And he always showed, like, these brilliant flashes that he could be amazing. And then just... Uh, yeah, he was relegated to the bench last year in kind of a crowded crowded lineup. But when he when he would get his chance, he, like you said, you'd see his flashes for sure. I think his biggest issue last year was he was uh, an individual. He tended to, like, okay, I'm going to dribble and dribble and dribble and dribble. Yes. Uh, not make my pass and not do what the team wants me to. Where this year he's like, he's like a ninety-five percent team guy. Every once in a while you hear hear Nicola yell at him like, "Yeah, double pass." But I think he's really changed, made a big change, and that's if he continues, man, he's a you know he's gonna get a look from Sporting to yeah. move up. Yeah, that the goal got named goal of the week this week. It was. Nice play all around. It was very simple from him, but it was just, you know, the beautiful game, like, at its best. Just the right angle of that camera. You just – I think it was just a one-touch, just curled right in. Yeah. It was – that was – and that was the – like you said, the, the perfect camera angle, too, pretty mm-hmm. much. Like, it That's just curled it. around. You know, you can see that the keeper made a great move. He made the dive out there, the yeah. jump, and it just curled around his hand and went inside the post. Yep, the 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 courtesy dive from the keeper that I don't think he had a shot on it, but it made the highlight look good. But if it had less curve on it, he makes the save. Yeah, yeah. Or it goes wide. Yeah, Swope's very exciting. It looks like they're they've you know like last year they kind of struggled at some point, but have brought it all together here and are climbing the ranks. So maybe we can have another fun finish to their season again. And for anybody who hasn't watched Swope Park, um, well, first of all, shame on you. Second. Shame. Shame. Um, I'm shame on everybody who's a sporting fan but isn't out supporting the other soccer in this town. But there you go. Swope Park, FC Casey. Um but go watch a Swope Park game and you're watching uh future of sporting for some of those players, but you're also watching a uh, like a twin of sporting, how they play. They are possessing the ball, they are attacking they want to own the ball. They want to control it. Last year, they had one of the best coaches in North America coaching them, uh, Marco Santos, but he tended to not follow the sporting mm-hmm. way quite the same. And then he moved on to San Francisco, and he's kicking butt in San Francisco right now. I think they're in second place for in, in the NASL. You know, started up another team, doing well. But it was more of a sit-back and counter team. Well, that's not exactly how sporting wants to do it. And yeah, it's not just it's not just talk from them. They the Swope Park Rangers are a model and a, and a farm team, and this is all one club, and, and you can see it in the way they play, absolutely. You can see guys like, you know, 
like if uh, if you t- took five players off of Sporting tomorrow, you could see five guys from Swope step up and not be as good. I mean, they're not MLS players today. But under understand what is required of them. But they would be in the right spots. They'd do the right moves. They would make the right runs. They would do all the right stuff because that's the way they've been playing. I I think there's three to five guys on Swope right now that could step up, literally step up to play in Sporting next year. I don't mean I don't know who you get rid of. So right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm counting down the days till Kevin O gets his shot with with Sporting. And he hasn't even been as good last. I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's yeah, there's plenty of guys all all on the team that are. But I think him. I think Musa, uh, Belmar, Belmar, Selbel. Parker Mayer are all guys who uh, are under contract to Swope who could, at least in theory, step up and play. And there, and there might be other guys too, don't get me wrong, but I think those are the five guys probably at this point that I would put up there, at least in the contention. Yeah, if if you haven't gone out there you'll and you go to a game, you'll find someone on that team that you really like and will want you'll you'll be requesting on the on the message boards for for him to get his first look with sporting kc there's there's a lot of talent down there it's a very fun team to watch absolutely uh what else we got we got anything else what's fc kc update uh they're struggling they're struggling mightily at this point uh in fact um they they still have they still believe in themselves though that's the fun thing i mean i went out to their practice last week and um they the game ended up getting stopped because of weather, so they'll replay that game in like August, August 10th or something like that against North Carolina. Where are they? Where are they at in the standings? Bottom. The ninth. the bottom. They're like ninth or tenth. Yeah, I mean, I knew it wasn't going well. I didn't know it was it's, like that. But it is good that they. I mean, like I said, they, you went out there and watch them, and they are still loose. They're having fun. They're. It's not, and I don't want to say having fun like they don't care. They're having fun and working hard and. Uh, you know they're getting stuck in in practice and stuff too, but they just are—they've been hamstrung by injuries and uh, budget constraints for replacing players and stuff like that. I think right now they're technically under the maximum or minimum roster number. Oh, okay. I think, I think they only have like 17 players. They got to have at oh, least 18. Good lord. Uh, well, they're going to be missing two players for their next game because they're up with the women's national team. Oh yeah. They're playing right now. Oh yeah. Um, well, another thing that while we're on FCKC, are they? Do we expect that they're going to be losing one of their star players here before too long, as her her, her husband was recently traded to Florida? Uh, actually, I talked to their coach Flacco uh, after the Dom trade was announced, and I can't remember his exact quote, but you know he he likes Sydney being here. Uh, Sydney LaRue was able to get a trade here to to be in home with her husband and immediately got pregnant, so missed last year. This year this is her first is your first year back after that. And you know, she's trying to get back up to speed and try to get back up to the national team. Uh, he's really happy with her and he doesn't want to see her leave, but in the end, I think if she came to him and said, Can you work something out to get me to Orlando? I think he would do absolutely his best to make that happen. I, I mean, it seems like a given to me. I, I, I see no way that after having this new baby that that family's not going to go be together in Orlando. 
but the flip side is she's been it, it's kind of weird because again this is the little behind the scenes from my perspective is i talked to her a few weeks ago and this is one of those like articles i like keep meaning to write and i just never got a chance but asked her you know like said how happy are you at this point and because you're she was back playing and she was looking good and this was FCKC wasn't on their long losing streak or long uh, non-winning streak at that point. And she was just talking about how happy she was. This is the happiest she's been in her life, you know, her and Dom and Cassius and, hmm. you know, Dom doing well and her doing well. And this, uh, Dom was, you know, wasn't named to the national team at that point. But, you know, right. she just talked about how perfectly happy she was. Well, last week uh, I said something to her about how are you – you know, must be happy at the Dwyer household, right? You know, with Dom getting up there, and she was uh, getting a second call up, her second call up since the, having the baby to the national team, and she was a lot more muted. Like, yeah, it's a really great time in our house, and you know, like very mm-hmm. down. And I'm like, what's wrong? You know, I thought maybe she's having a bad day, or you know, I ticked her off with a question somehow or something. Well, in retrospect, I think she already knew that the trade was probably happening. Hmm. Knew that uh, knew she was gone and didn't seem pleased. Um, yeah. So my guess is that doesn't make her happy that it happened. I think she'd have probably been happier if he re-signed here. Cause... It did seem like they enjoyed Kansas City. You know, don't get me wrong. They'll probably enjoy anywhere they're together. I don't think, like, you know, I mean, yes, I'm partial to Kansas City, but I think they'll be happy anywhere they are. But just yeah. now it makes it more difficult again. And now uh, it's an ordeal for sure. Every, almost every player who comes to Kansas City or FC Casey likes playing for, for Vlako Ananovsky. He's a really good coach and he makes it a, a family. And uh, they, like to, they like to play with the ball and they like to attack and they like to have fun with the ball. And everybody's like, you know, it's the beautiful game. And, you know, when Lauren Holiday was here, Amy Rodriguez and all that. Everybody loved it. They're struggling right now. They're probably, quite honestly, they're probably the least talented team in the league. Uh, they lost so many players after uh, winning the second championship and the World Cup. And... She Well, she may not have been upset that she was going to have to move, maybe just at the simple fact of, like, you know, it's not, even if she can move, which they probably will soon, it's... You know, now Dom is leaving here for the next couple months, and yeah. she will be here. So that's understandable. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way that she moves this year. Uh, you know, it'll be in the off season if it happens. That's good news for FCKC fans. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting, like how that works, because you know, I'm sure the league will help her facilitate a trade in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. But when she was with Seattle, um, with one of the teams in Northwest Seattle or Portland, I forget which now, and she wanted to come to Kansas City. Well, they traded her to <laughs> uh, to the East Coast. Said, Screw you. Yep. You don't want to be here. We'll trade you. Nice. All right. Well, can you think of anything else? Did we miss anything? Um, the only other team to talk about at the moment would be the Kansas City Comets. The Comets. Uh, they're going through massive problems. That is uh, an even worse ordeal than FC Casey. Uh, a lot of it stemming from the same problem, though. The previous owners were the same. Yeah. And my understanding is the the league is going through the process with a ownership group right now. A lot of fans are again worried because they haven't heard any news. And mm-hmm. very, 
team. All every player was made a free agent last week. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so, you know, they technically have no players. No players, no but they're no no nothing. But the name the name exists. Uh, yeah, the the name is still owned by one of the previous owners, but there's the franchise was taken away by the league. I would again. I would put that at a 70-30 that the team will be back. Is uh, people didn't seem to be all that panicked, so and I, I, I seem to think that they'll probably come around. The Comets will never leave here. I think on the worst case, they would take a year hiatus. I think they'll be back for the this year. The problem is they'll lose a few players. You know, some of the players will go free agent. So that doesn't necessarily mean that all these players are leaving already and they've signed with another team or anything like that, right? Most of them are so tied to Kansas City. I mean, yeah, and will and make most of their money like coaching and things like that. Yeah. Don't and that how a yeah. lot of them. Several of them like run clubs or yeah, know, large youth teams uh, have clinics and all this other yeah. stuff. Second jobs here, like uh, Brian Harris works at a bank here. You know. He could go play for a team, but he couldn't go train for them. Right. You know, things That's like true. that. So they've, some of them married, you know, girls from here. It's, they're pretty tied. I think they could lose a few players, but they would still have a core, most likely. Uh, as long as the team comes back with this year, they would have the core would still be here. If they don't come back for another year, I think that would be the more issue that some of them might move on to find somewhere else. Okay. Well, man. We will keep you updated on the Comets situation if you're a, an indoor soccer fan. But I think we have been rambling probably long enough here. We're up over an hour, so. Um, but this, uh, the, the, we're, we tried out something new here. We tried a new format the way the way we're doing it. Hopefully, we can get Mike Coon in here at another time, and uh, we'll start adding some some interviews with players, hopefully, and things like that in the future. Uh, let us know what you think. We will probably keep doing it anyway, even if you tell us to stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will. Uh, you can tell us to stop, but only keep listening. Yeah, just keep listening. But uh, yes, we all see you, Thad. I will see you uh, on Saturday, right? I will be there. Uh, and we actually, uh, one thing Cody didn't mention earlier is we actually are both writers for the blue testament.com. Cody's also a contributor for stars and stripes FC. Right. Uh, this is being posted on the blue testament. I was, I, was, I hope that was enough of a clue there, but, but yes. it was, yeah, it should be pretty obvious, but you know, again, you gotta like kind of get the plug in, right? Like uh, I said, we are trying something new people. We'll get it down. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it worked out, but uh, hopefully we'll have uh, a new feature after this weekend's game too. I don't want to build up too much hype. Hopefully we can join the video craze because the youngins <laughs> the youngins tell us that's the future. So maybe we'll have some video for you guys. But yes, until then, uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a new player and a draw this weekend. I'm looking for a win, like you know, four-one <laughs> kind of thing. Optimist. That's why well, I like you, Thad. No, I pre I predict a draw, but I'm looking for a win. All right. Well. We will see you guys then. Thank you.